well, I don't think of myself as a badass. I don't think I am a badass. I, I think, well, I mean, I think my ass is not bad, but I don't think I'm a badass. Uh, but that's what we're going to be talking about on the Let's Go Eat show this time. Uh, hi. Uh, a few weeks ago, I got a, a an email or a, a tweet or a, no, it was a, a Facebook message. That's what it was, a Facebook message, which is, uh, I don't get too many Facebook messages, and uh, so it was kind of strange, and I don't. Uh, I don't do Facebook very much, and uh, so I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Res- I almost didn't respond to it, and, and uh, it was just out of the blue. This uh, woman named Cat Palmer uh, said, "Hey, um, you want to be involved in this art project? And I think you're a badass, and I want badasses to be involved in this art project." Well, um, I responded, and I ended up being in the project, and we'll talk about that on this episode of the Let's Go Eat Show. Uh, it's all over. the The project is over, and I said to Cat after uh, after it was done, "Well, let's get together because I I need to find out now who you are because I really don't even know who you are." We did the art project; it was all done, and I thought, "Well, I just did this for a woman I don't even know, <laughs> so I better find out who she is." And the best way to find out who she is is to have her on my podcast. Uh, so we got together at Zest. Uh, which is a, a great place in Salt Lake. Uh, been open for th- what three, four years now? Three years, four years. Uh, and uh, uh, if you haven't tried it, you should. Gluten free, uh, very uh, uh, wholesome, uh, clean ingredients uh, in everything. A lot of vegetables, vegetable based, uh, plant based place, uh, and really good. And the cocktails, everything fresh and uh, made to order. And they and they do have cocktails. Um, I believe Ms. Palmer had a cocktail, um, and they said, uh, what kind of whiskey you want in that? And uh, she she had straight whiskey or rye. I don't remember which she picked, but she drank it. And uh, I had a cocktail, too, but there was no alcohol in it. It was beet juice, which is going to be great because it will make my poop red. Uh, well, that's, that's why I like, I like beets. And part of the reason I like beets is that I like the way they taste, but I also like uh, the fact that they give you a surprise the next morning when you when you get up and you think, oh my God, I've I've got colon cancer, and then you go, oh no, I had beets for dinner. That's that's part of the fun of beets. So anyway, uh, it's uh, the Let's Go Eat show, and uh, as always, Dylan Allred produced it, and uh, I want to thank the fine folks at Zest, and I want to thank Cat Palmer for being our guest, and and here it is. Oh, is that good? That is really good. I love their juice here. It tastes like beets with alcohol. How can, you can't you can't beat beets? <laughs> you know, I've I've just recently learned to like beets. It's been a new thing for me. One of my favorite. I you know, there's uh, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, vegetable life that I keep trying to eat and and learn to like like. Yeah. Um, Cauliflower for me was cauliflower. Cauliflower, I love. As a matter of fact, I just uh, now I just do steam cauliflower. Um, I like it roasted. Oh, roasted is so good. But I so a lot of times I'll just steam cauliflower and put it in the refrigerator, and then I'll uh, take some out and just put uh, homemade salad dressing on mm-hmm. it and eat it either warm or cold. And I do the same thing with broccoli. Mm-mm. And I just uh, yeah, I uh, mm. uh, we're at uh, zest. Which is a good place to do that sort of thing. 
Oh, yeah. This uh, is talk my about that sort of thing. favorite place in the city. Cat uh, Palmer is our guest on the Let's Go Eat show. Zest, uh, which uh, is at 275 South, 2nd West. Uh, Casey Staker, the owner of Zest. Uh, and uh, we, I think we did a podcast here right after they opened, right, Dylan? Fairly soon with Princess Kennedy. Yeah. And then um, around that time, I don't remember if it was part of Princess Kennedy or the next episode, but we did interview Casey as well mm-hmm. about uh, Zest and its its mission. It's yeah. what it's all about here. Now, I'm going to take a picture of my beet. I'm drinking beet, uh, the beet juice cocktail here. And uh, we were just uh, talking with the uh, lovely waitress. What's her name? Do you know? Kat? I'm the worst with names. Our get, I, our, ado- I adore her. I, I talk to her like three times a week. Our get, well, we'll find out when she comes back. Our guest on the show is Kat Palmer. Uh, but we were talking about beet jo- juice and uh, beets and how they taste like dirt. They taste like the dirt that they're grown in, which I think yeah. is great. So Kat Palmer, hey. um, I met for the first time... Uh, the 13th of September. Yeah, a week ago? Yeah, a week yeah. and one day. A week and one day ago when uh, I went and participated in a photo shoot that uh, she contact you contacted me out of the blue. I did. I think I had I had heard your name in some contexts here and there. Yeah. Sounds about right. You know, I did Cat Palmer. That's a that's a it's a it's an interesting name. It, it kind of sticks out and and I, I'm not much on social media. I think if I were on Facebook, uh, you wouldn't stuff, be able to avoid. Yeah, I would. On Facebook. <laughs> now, I, I, if I were on Facebook more, I would have seen you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, but I'd seen you your name here and there, and uh, but you contacted me and said, "Would you be involved in this photo shoot?" And and tell tell people what the photo shoot is. Well, sure. Uh, basically, Dina Marie and I came together in June. And Dina approached me and said, I really wish you would recreate The Last Supper. Now, Dina Marie Manzanares is, uh, mm. uh, has been a guest on this podcast. Okay. And she is uh, a local uh, actress and mm. uh, uh, social media maven yeah. and uh, artist. And uh, she's on Channel 2 now. Yeah, on Fridays. On Fridays mm. early in the morning? Or when is she on? You exactly. Know, I, I, know I've I seen, don't watch TV. I've seen her. <laughs> But I, I'm not sure when she's on. I'm but she sure she does uh, like a social calendar thing mm-hmm. on Channel Two. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So she she comes to me and says, "I really wish you would recreate the Last Supper." And I said, "Well, or, why can't I? Let's do this." And photography. Yeah, photography is what I do. And I said, "But I don't want to just have anyone seated at that table. I want the badasses of Salt Lake City seated at that table." And so at that lunch, we sat and wrote down who we wanted, and you were on our list of who we wanted. And so now how did I how do you how did I end up on the list you know well, because when I talked to you you didn't I I got the impression that you didn't really know exactly who I was either <laughs> I know of you I know of Mary Nichols I know of people but I I don't listen to the radio I don't watch TV that's mm-hmm. how I've always been since I was a kid I've always been a little strange mm-hmm. and uh so admittingly I listened to X96 for the first time this last week. <laughs> okay. So just because people were saying they're talking about things and mm. I thought I'll tune in. And embarrassingly, it took me three minutes to figure out what station you guys were on. Mm-hmm. I did not put two and two together. That X96 would indicate that you were on 96.3. Uh-huh. I'm not a stupid person. This mm-hmm. makes me sound so dumb. But um, 
Yeah. So, but Dina is very tapped in to who is the who of Salt Lake. And she's, Dina's been a uh, Dina's listened to the show, the yeah. Radio from Hell show, for a long time. Yes. So she's very tapped in. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that I would be able to have done this without her help because mm-hmm. she could tell me who was who mm-hmm. and who I should have. Now, some of the people at the table, though, you do know very mm-hmm. well, like Paul Duane. Paul Duane. Yeah, I'm close with him. Who I kind only kind of know. Yeah. Um. Uh, you probably know Jay Whitaker. Jay Whitaker, stand-up comic, yeah. who I know fairly well. Yeah. Um, um, I'd, I'd, I'd rubbed elbows with Senator Debacus a few times, um, but we weren't. We're not good friends, you mm. know. But we know who each other are. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm friends with Richard Dutcher. He did a film of mine. Filmmaker Richard Dutcher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Used to be. You started out. He's 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 known as the father of Mormon cinema. Mm-hmm. He's been a mm-hmm. guest. You know, interestingly enough, almost everybody at that table has been a guest on that. This, is very interesting. This podcast. I think only Paul Duane. Jay has not We've been. Never on. had Jay. We should have Jay on. We should yeah, just we'll. get everybody else at that table yeah. who have just. Yeah, so you we can will. have everybody. Mm-hmm. Save us from trying to um, find somebody. It's a good list. list now, Sister Dottie, Charles, Charles on Frost. Um, I mean, he would share my posts or my pictures on his page, and we had a social media uh, surface, really, like a superficial relationship. I guess I don't know how to mm-hmm. describe that, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've gotten to know him better through this process, mm-hmm. which I just adore him. And I've never met Patrick Bagley. We were friends on Facebook, but he's just somebody who I hold in very high regard as being a creative genius. And Cartoonist for the Salt Lake Tribune, political right. cartoonist. And he was up for a Pulitzer Prize last year. Yeah. And I don't doubt that he'll be up for one again for his cartoon of the, of the baby on the shores. Like, mm-hmm. he's just brilliant. So, yeah, a lot of these people... Um, I've, I had had contact prior, but some of them, like you, I hadn't. Doug Fabrizio, I shoot for him every year. He knows who I am. You shoot, well, What do you do for him every year? Um, so he, he usually emcees the Peak Awards that happen here annually in November, and I, I'm their photographer every year for it. And what are the Peak so, Awards? Well, so basically, um, Kim Peak was the gentleman... That. I know Peak, yeah, who Kim Peak is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did I Rain mean. Man after him. Mm-hmm. And Barry Morrow, who I've become friends with, he, he wrote that and he won the Oscar for it. And so every year they give somebody an, a Peak Award and then that person is interviewed on stage by Doug Fabrizio. And so I'm usually backstage with these people. Carrie Fisher was a recipient a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I go and photograph How, them. Uh, just, just as a side note here, the Peak Awards, now Kim Peak was a... Uh, a savant. A savant. Mm-hmm. They used to call them idiot savants, but right. I think they've... Uh, uh, Hopefully they're away with that because yeah, he's they, so smart. Yeah, they, they did. A, uh, and I believe Kim Peek passed away a couple, he did. Of, couple of he's years ago. He's been gone a while. His dad just died last year, his caregiver, Francis Peek. And he was there at the awards every year. Uh, uh, but uh, Kim Peek was... Uh, he, he was essentially... He... he, he he would be. He was. He was able to do those kind of things where he could. You could give him uh, a, anything. A date, yeah. And he'd say, you know, he could tell you what day in his what day it was. And, right. Um, he um he came to my school once when I was a kid. Oh, that's neat. And he did. They did an assembly and talked about him. And and then he at the end, um, they said he might or may not like if he's feeling up to it. But mm-hmm. his dad said he's in a good mood. You know, he's feeling it though. He um. He, people would stand, kids would stand up and say their address, 
and he would tell you what your last name was, what your parents' name was. That's wild. Yeah, so he like memori- the night before, he would he memorize. Read, yeah. yeah, he would memorize phone books. He would look at the phone book the night before he came. Yeah. To he would school. read it and memorize it, and so I'd say I'm and very quickly too. Yeah. He, yeah. he didn't spend a lot of time studying. So the Peak Awards, how do who how do they decide who, who to get? I and mean, this is all there's parenthetical. There's a team, to, sure. There's a team of people. It's not just Barry Morrow deciding. There's a whole team deciding, but Barry comes every year um, to give them out and. Yeah, there's a team that decides. The Salt Lake Film Society, they're involved with it. That's who I go and shoot for. Mm-hmm. And um, and I don't know if people know this, but the Oscar was donated, and it sits at the O.C. Tanner Building here downtown. No, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So in the cri- is there, do you, know, you probably don't even know what the criteria are, is for winning I don't. Ever. They have to have, I believe they have to have some overcome something, whether it be a physical illness, a mental illness, hmm. uh, autism. There has to be something involved. Carrie Fisher, of course, for her bipolar. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Temple Grandin. She, um, oh, she has autism. Aut- autism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Sam, he had progeria. And so different different people have mm. different things going on, but they have to be doing something uh, in the world. Oh, okay. Like making an impact in some way. And so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. Yeah, and this it's is really fascinating. So that's how I know Doug Fabrizio yeah. is through that. So back to. Uh, so you. Uh, you. Oh. You and uh, Dina. Sit down and, and mm-hmm. find the uh, uh, badasses of Salt Lake to be in the. Now, the part of what, um, and by the way, we have a uh, plate of Brussels sprouts here. They're the best. Yeah, are you going to have some? Oh, if you're, if you're offering, yeah, they're my yeah, favorite. No, please. They have a Thai peanut sauce that they're sauteed in that is just divine. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah, they're absolutely delicious. Man, these are real. They're del- know, great, yeah. Right? Yeah, what's your name, by the way? Adrian? Adrian is the waitress here at Zest, and she's bringing this delicious food and putting it down. And there you go. And just, yeah, you can just set it anywhere. Uh, we're having grilled cheese and tomato soup, of course. This Excellent. is actually my son's favorite grilled cheese in the valley. He now really? makes me make it like this at home. Can you make it like this at home? Um, I have a different bread, and he now prefers apple slices to the peach slices. But I do get pesto, and I have to get the local beehive cheese. Mm hmm. For him, and so it's literally like the most expensive grilled cheese this kid has ever had. It's like a ten dollar grilled cheese, mm. but he loves really fancy grilled cheeses. So, mm. man, those, those those Brussels sprouts are great with peanut sauce on them. I never thought to do that. I'm gonna have to do that. Mm. Okay, so, um, so and then who was? Um, Jesus is a friend of yours. The he person my who portrayed best friend. Jesus. Yeah, it's Gregory Shearer. And uh, he's actually, he's this is the second shoot he's done for me as Jesus. Um, he just, he's Latin, and he happens to, in my mind, look like Jesus. So he has long hair. He has long hair. He's got olive skin. He has dark eyes. Mm-hmm. It's funny, because I feel like a lot of people portray Jesus to look like a surfer boy with, like, blonde hair and blue eyes. And that's mm-hmm. just not, if Jesus was real... It's just not how I would imagine him. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, Jesus uh, would be a, a darker-skinned person. Right. right. Uh, maybe even as dark-skinned as Jay Whitaker. Sure. Uh, could be. Certainly. certainly. Uh, from that part of the world. Certainly. But, yeah, so he's just my best friend, and Dina just wanted me to use him. And, mm-hmm. really. and, and then your makeup artist was in the... Uh, sh- in the right. Uh, she does a lot of celebrity hair and makeup. And as far as hair and makeup people go, she's probably one of the most well-known and so I wanted somebody to represent that form. So we had filmmakers, radio people, TV people, comedians, musicians. Mm. 
an artist. We had all these different people, a famous drag queen. But I wanted somebody specifically that also did makeup and hair. So so there... What? I'm sorty what Dylan what's her name her name was pa- is Paula J Dahlberg she's a really good friend of mine as well but yeah she's the one that Sundance like she's the one that does the hair for celebrity she does TV stuff anybody that's coming into town she's usually the one doing it so cool yeah so man, this is so now we're having the grilled cheese here at zest mm. it's got peaches on it oh yeah and pesto and local beehive cheese. That's really unusual. <laughs> mm. So, so you, you contacted, and I didn't know who you were, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know why I said yes, but I did. That's I what I wanted to know. Why did you say yes? I'm not, I don't know. You know, I don't really know. <laughs> I just, I, what did you say when you contacted him? Um, I I might be able to tell you why I said yes. Well, I most everybody got the same message from me because I certainly didn't tell people who else was involved until everyone said yes because I couldn't say, oh, I'm talking to Doug Fabrizio or, or oh, I'm talking to Bill Allred mm-hmm. because if they didn't say yes, then that seems silly to bring up their name. Mm-hmm. So I basically just said, look, I'm looking to recreate The Last Supper. I don't want it to be sacrilegious in any way. And... We're going to celebrate the 12 badasses of Salt Lake City. And if you want to be in or want more information, let me know. That was it. I guess I just thought it sounded kind of intriguing. And you said it was going to be at uh, Ishiban, which I was familiar with that. I thought, well, that's a good location, the way it would look in there, I Mm -hmm. knew. Um, So I guess I just thought it sounded kind of intriguing. Yeah. And I thought, well, okay. I'll (laughs) I'll check it out. And if it it sucks, then, you know, it sucks. Right, right. You know, can't hurt me, really. No. Well, and I think people are surprised. I mean, I people do will do things if you ask them, I think. Oh. More, like, people don't ask others. Oh, absolutely. I'm a firm believer in life. If you never ask, yeah. the answer is always no. Always. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a firm believer. Ask. So what? Maybe you're embarrassed. I, I luckily don't get that embarrassed very easily. <laughs> but the worst somebody's going to tell you is no. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like... This other show we do, What Do You Think, Utah, we, um, I mean, you know, my dad's known as a kind of a liberal guy in Utah. Mm-hmm. So I've always been nervous when we've approached really, like, high-ranking conservative Republicans because I kind of thought they would say, Bill, I'm not doing Bill Allred's show. Sure. But we have never been turned down. Interesting. I mean, there have been a few people who just haven't been able to contact or you know whatever but nobody said oh no they've all been sure if yeah if i can make it or but you know it's uh just interesting when if you ask you probably have right. a better chance than you think of getting and people I know to do your thing with anybody i think we all have egos right like everybody does mm-hmm. i'll admit it I can, uh, not me well except for bill Allred. yeah but <laughs> i mean i can i can own my ego right like i know i have one he, I don't. he can't own his because he doesn't have space to keep <laughs> <laughs> but i have to imagine that if a local award-winning artist contacted me and said, hey, I think you're a badass and I want to celebrate that you're a badass, I can't imagine me being like, no, not me. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> so, I don't know. So everybody uh, you contacted said yes? Almost everybody. Um, <gasps> there, there was one person that did not get back to me, and I don't want to say her name because obviously she didn't get back to me, so I don't think she wanted to be associated with it. Okay. Um, and... There was another person that had to back out last minute um, 
it was Angela Brown from Slug. I can I, I feel like I can say her name because she was really excited to be involved. Mm-hmm. And so, but other than that, yeah, <laughs> Doug was the first to get back with me. He mm-hmm. he instantly said, "I love being thought of as a badass. Count me in, D." <laughs> and so. <laughs> Um, and I thought I wasn't sure if he would tell me yes. To be honest with you, yeah, because uh, yeah, I um, I can see why you would think that, but yeah. I think Doug would be ultimately flattered to be thought of as a badass, and he was because he, yeah, because he because he doesn't think of himself that way at all. He's he's a really pretty um, uh, um, mild for somebody who's as good looking as oh, he is. The silver fox of Salt Lake City. Isn't well, he stunning? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yeah. No. Let's just let's just talk about <laughs> Let's Doug just for a talk while. about his silver hair for a minute and his cute glasses and yeah. his well-fitted suit. And he's just all put together <laughs> so perfectly. Yes. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, and uh, and I went to the DI and got my stuff and Doug. You, you looked know, perfect. Yeah. But he uh, um, Bill looked like he stepped out of a Reservoir Dogs movie. Well, that's what you told me. It says you, that's what made you said I said, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? And you said, well, think of Reservoir Dogs. And I went, oh, okay, I could do that. And I love that you brought the glasses. I feel like that added to it so much. Um, my wife said, don't forget to take your Ray-Bans. And I went, oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. That tie I was wearing cost more than the than the <sighs> suit. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we couldn't find a skinny tie. Mm. Had to buy a new one. So, And then everybody showed up. That's the other thing. Um, that blew my mind. Did you have, like, just other friends who could sit in if people didn't show up? What was your... I wore black, just in case. And then I had asked Chris Hollifield of I Am Salt Lake, is that if, for some reason, two people don't show up, I may need you to sit in. And so... And we were just going to throw a black jacket on him. But thankfully, everybody... And that was in the back of my mind. You know, I thought people might not show up. Where did did you do this? Where did this happen? At Ichiban. Uh, sushi no. in downtown Salt Lake. It's on 400 East mm-hmm. and 3-something South. So. so now, and then you also contacted Sean Means in the Salt Lake Tribune and told mm-hmm. him what you were doing. And he said, sounds intriguing. Mm-hmm. And came and c- covered it. Yeah, Sean's been good to me over the years. Like, He's one of my favorite writers that has written about me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very accurate, which I like. But I also just like his style of writing. He's a very good writer. Yeah. And so I wanted... And I don't know. I just adore Sean. So I had to have him involved in mm-hmm. some capacity. <laughs> so... And it all came together. Shockingly enough, it did. Um, it was... Uh, it, and uh, I was just really impressed that it, it was very well organized. Thank you. Um, it all came together. Uh, we We were in there and pretty much out of there when you said... We would be out of there, which yeah. I... I try not to waste people's time. Um, and it was... Uh, and then it appeared in the paper this Sunday, and then it was online a couple of days before, I mm-hmm. think, uh, the Salt Lake Tribune. Yeah, it surprised me. SLTrib.com. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll probably be able to have a picture of it on our website here, the Let's Go Eat show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I tweeted a picture of it today, at oh, RFH nice. Bill, and you'll be able to find it uh, on the... Um, the uh, let's go eat show twitter feed and sure. everything yeah. um so it's so and so so what it, now what will become the life of this thing sure i have two plans um one i'm blowing two images up really big i'm gonna wrap it on canvas and i think i want to get everybody's signature on both of those pieces actually and i'm still trying to locate what feels right as the right place for them to be. I want one permanently hanging for a minimum of a year. 
And then I want another one that just tours around the city. So maybe every three months it changes locations and it's in a new spot because I want this to be as visible as possible. And I want as many people to see it as possible because I feel like it was an epic shoot. I mean, <laughs> how often do you get those 12 people in one room for a photo? <laughs> and so I want, I want that. So that's, that's my main, that was my main goal from the beginning was I wanted this somewhere up visible mm-hmm. for people to see it. And then I'm, people can get prints of it or whatever. That's, that's fine. And then I also want to make a little book talking about who each of the people were, why they were chosen, their bio, picture of them, and then the behind-the-scenes shots, which we have a lot of, and the main photo. And then also, we also did some other photos of you guys just sitting and talking and enjoying each other's company. Oh. And then I hopped in a photo with you guys, and so I want that in there. <laughs> and, yeah, just basically, I just want this little book to just... Because I feel like it was a special day, at least for me. It was a special day, and I want it to be more than just a photo. I want it to tell a story. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I like the idea of like the behind-the-scenes of just yeah. them waiting around. Yeah. Oh, I, Senator I saw Tobacco's was so funny. He was killing us. Yeah. We were dying. He, he, I, he needs a microphone. Like He needs to be up on a comedy stage. He was so funny. Mm-hmm. And him and Jay were bonding. It was really cute. Jay can get him to do it. <laughs> I know. He was so... so Will this um, excuse the the crass question? Oh, I like crass questions. Will this make money for you? You know, usually these projects I have to put about a grand into them, and so for me to see money back on projects, I have to make a lot more back, if that makes sense. And so this project probably will end up costing me about a grand, if not a little bit more, because the cost of books aren't cheap, the wrapping of the canvases <laughs> aren't cheap, uh, making the prints like. Uh, providing the food and beverage that day you know that that was me (laughs) going and purchasing stuff and so um but that's how every art project is for me I know that going into it that it costs me money but I shoot weddings and those things to be able to do my art Mm -hmm. so I would love to get to a point where my art is just my income that would be amazing you know if that if I could just live off of my art but usually I have to make a minimum of a thousand dollars before I break even, mm. and that usually sometimes happens, sometimes right. doesn't happen. <laughs> um, I've lost a lot of money investing in my art, but it's what I love, right? And it makes me happy. Sure. So, mm-hmm. I mean, people spend money on fast food and drugs and all sorts of other things that make them happy. Yeah, we sure own. <laughs> <laughs> but this makes me happy. So, investing the money in it is wonderful. Um, so that would be great. If it did make money, but it, it, I see that that would, it probably won't, like, to be honest. So, but that's okay. I mean, because selling a $40 print here, a $40 print there, you know, it would take a lot of prints to add up to $1,000. So, but that's okay. Uh, so now, oh, I think we're to the point um, that I want to ask, who the fuck is Cat Palmer? <laughs> you know, who, who the fuck are you? If I had to sum it up. In a sentence, I would say I'm the rowdy rebel feminist artist of Salt Lake City who um, I've been creating art for 11 years. And for 10 of those years, I've been focused on female empowerment and things with a social or political message. I realized a while ago I was blessed with a platform. I won, I won a bunch of awards from City Weekly. People took notice. Slug took notice. The Tribune what, what took award? notice. What awards? The Arties Awards. Mm-hmm. And then I've won awards at the Utah Arts Festival. And so people were taking notice. And I realized really early on I was being blessed with a platform that people were paying attention. 
and people were listening. Mm-hmm. So I stopped taking pretty pictures for the sake of pretty pictures. And so I focus on more raw, gritty things that get people talking, things that are a little bit more controversial, um, and things that are helping women to just feel better about themselves. And so there are projects I will say no to if I feel that it is counterintuitive to what I'm trying to do. So, nope. where, where uh, from from whence do you come? We were talking before sure. this, the, the, before we started recording, that you uh, um, you grew up in California. I did Orange County, California, born and raised. It's where this Valley Girl accent comes from. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've been here for 14 years. I mean, I call Salt Lake home. I love Salt Lake City. Um, I had no idea how cool it was. So, but yeah, I was born and raised out there. I started shooting uh, homeless people in Los Angeles in the mid '90s. Well, you you you, uh, you went to school there. Mm-hmm. You uh, where did you where did you um, um, how how did you get into photography? Uh, well, when I was 15, so t- over 20 years ago, um, I I really wasn't into school things. Like, I couldn't give a shit about school. Am I allowed to say that on your podcast? Uh-huh. Shit? Okay. Fuck no. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did say fuck. <laughs> so, um, I wasn't, I just wasn't that girl. Like, I was this weird hippie girl with, you know, some dreadlocks and hairy legs. And um, I had to take an elective and just nothing really interested me. And I thought, oh, photography, that seems easy. Mm-hmm. I'll take that elective because I don't want to really take anything else. And I really was not involved in school in any capacity. So, this was... The most I got involved with school was photography, and because um, I think I shot for their photojournalism class or something. But that was it. I, I had an amazing teacher. He, his name was M. We called him M, and he would take us to LA, drop us off, let us roam around for a few hours, and a lot of the kids were taking pictures of the buildings or like different abstract things. And I just was people, people, people. I just I loved the homeless people, mm. and so I did a series in '97. So I was still in high school. I met up with Spoon and Squid, these homeless punk rockers, and they are actually two of the main characters in Penelope Spheris's Decline of a Western Civilization mm-hmm. Part 3. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up killing him a few months later after I had photographed them. But I, uh, yeah, I spent, I've spent a lot of time on the streets. There's things that I've done as a teenager that in my 30s now, there's no way I would do. And I think, how did I get out of those situations? Like, totally fine. But I would go up and interview drug dealers and prostitutes, you know, and, and certain cities. And I'd always want to find the gritty people of the cities. And I would film, I'd make these little home movies. And then I'd take the pictures. And I don't know how I got away with what I got away with. I think because I had an honest face. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but that's how I started. And um, your, uh, your parents, what did they think about all that? My grandparents, um, they were also photographers. They raised you? They did. And um, they were more, they are Mormon, but they are democratic, progressive Mormons, mm-hmm. originally from Oregon, then raised me in California. They live here now. Mm-hmm. But they are pro marijuana being legal. They are pro gay rights. They believe God did not make a mistake in creating people and people are born gay. They're very progressive thinkers. Mm-hmm. And they embraced how strange I was. <laughs> and uh, they let me look the way I looked all those years. They said, that's the worst she's going to do. She's fine. Like, so they didn't care. Though I also don't think that they knew exactly what I was doing. I would just say I'm going to L.A. for the day, mm-hmm. hop in the car and leave. Mm-hmm. I didn't say I'm going to L.A. to hang out with a whole bunch of homeless people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I don't, 
to this day, I don't think they really knew what I was doing. So they moved here, and that's why you came here? Right. They moved here in 2000. Broke my heart. <laughs> and I followed a year later. And so I was, ni- I was 20. I was 20 when they moved here. And then I moved here at 21. Just because you missed them? Well, I'm really close with them. And they're like my parents. And I just thought, one day I'm going to have children. And they're not going to know them. Because they're two states away. What, they'll see them at Christmas time? Like, that wasn't good enough for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to have a relationship with them of sending them photos, you know, or emails. Like, I wanted to be involved. And so, yeah, so I followed them out here. Even though I pretty much never wanted to live in Utah, I thought all of Utah was Provo. Did you, had you ever been to Utah? Oh, yeah. I'd been to Manti a whole bunch as a kid. My other grandparents lived in Manti. Can I can I ask? And if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. I'll talk about anything, Bill. What happened to your parents? Um, well, <laughs> um, my father was just uninvolved. So, like, I met him kind of when I was fourteen, and just he was. Just, and this is my father's parents that raised me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just very uninvolved. Um, my mom, my mom did a better job than I could have done at her age. My mom started having children really young. Um, she had a lot of marriages. She had escaped kind of a rough past. And I think she, looking back on it, she did a better job than I could have. I couldn't have had four kids by the time I was, you know, 26. I would have gone crazy. I didn't have my first kids until I was almost 30. And so she had a lot on her plate. I was kind of a rebel girl, mm-hmm. 11, 12 years old, getting into trouble. And so um, the police had brought me home. And... My mom gave me a choice to go live with my dad or go live with my grandparents, and I chose my grandparents because I didn't know my dad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that was that. Okay. Then mm-hmm. I went off to live with them. And where's your mom now? Um, she actually just left here. She came and visited me yesterday and brought me a ton, or not yesterday, day before yesterday, Saturday, and brought me a ton of stuff because I was sick over the weekend. But um, her and I have a fantastic relationship now. Mm-hmm. Like, I love her lots, but she's in San Francisco now. And... Um, Every year on her birthday, we go get tattoos together. <laughs> so she peer pressured me into my first tattoo. Well, it's, that's a good bonding thing to do. <laughs> yeah. We have matching tattoos, actually. They're, they're, I, I love how hers turned out. Uh, but, yeah, we, yeah, every birthday. So you, so you moved here uh, to be closer to your grandparents. And, yeah. Um, and uh, how did you uh, support yourself? With photography? No, no. I used to have real jobs. <laughs> and so um, back in California, I was a dirt estimator for earthwork calculation services. And I would digitize maps. I would lay the... I had like a real smart job. You know how mm-hmm. I do calculus every day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I made really good money doing that. Bought my first house at 19. I was the breadwinner. We moved out here, my husband and I did. And... For the first time in my life, because the cost of living is so cheap out here compared to Orange County, Mm. I thought, oh my gosh, I don't have to have a real job. (laughs) I can just do whatever I want. So for months, that's what I did. I did whatever I wanted. I'd always wanted to be a waitress. Great. I'm going to go be a waitress. I always wanted to work in one hour photo. Great. I'm going to go work in one hour photo. So I just went and hopped from job to job. Uh, I always had wanted to work at a health food store. So I did that. So this was after coming from a like really high end job where I was making oodles and oodles of money. I come and become a waitress for two thirteen an hour in Utah. Mm. <laughs> um, it was awful. I lasted twenty eight days being a waitress. Um, it was you don't, you terrible. Don't, it doesn't seem like that would be a good no, job. No, I tip really well because of it though. Mm. So <laughs> um, eventually, I landed in the social work field and uh, I worked uh, for Turn Community Services, and I was the program coordinator there. 
working for supported employment. I helped people with uh, developmental disability. Well, I didn't personally, but I had assistants that did um, help find jobs in the community for people that had developmental disabilities. And I ran that program mm-hmm. out there. And that's what I did until I did this full time. Yeah. So. And now you support yourself with photography. I do. Taking just whatever you're contracted to do. And right. Well, I weddings. Should, and, sure. Weddings, yeah. families. Um, there's certain things I don't enjoy doing, but sometimes we'll do it because I need to pay the bills. Yeah. Like newborns. <laughs> I'm not a newborn photographer. Why don't you like it? Um, it's a niche. And I'm not cutesy. I'm not a cutesy photographer. I'm not a props photographer. Mm. Do you mind if I put a gas mask on your baby? There you go. Then, then I'd be, be okay fine. with it. Yeah. Then so I'd be fine. You find people. If, you need if, to find if, your first person to yes. let you do it. Yes, and I do have children's gas masks, by the way. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> um, that I'd be fine with, but I just am not that photographer where most people want like really cute photos. Sure. Take the baby out, put it in an alley with like some garbage yeah, around it. that I'd be okay with, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I just, I'm not that photographer. But no, I'm a single mom and I'm doing it, you know. It pays the bills. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, granted, my bu- I don't have a lot of bills. I don't have any debt. I don't have a car payment. And so, my bills are pretty minimal. Um, and then and then you do art photography. And yes. I brought up the gas mask because that is kind of your signature, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm kind of known for it, and I love it. And, in fact, tonight I'm going to be editing photos of a bride and groom who hired me to shoot them out in the desert, all distressed with their gas masks on. And I just was so happy. I'm like, oh, People could just hire me to do this all the time. I'd be just happy. And I'm sure, I'm, I bet you, you can, you'll find somebody who will want to do baby photographs with a gas mask. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Newborns are hard, though, man. They are, they're not easy to photograph. I mean, that's, that's, you've got to have the time. Yeah. No, it's, they and don't so, speak English or anything. <laughs> they're, they're cute. It can be. But here's the thing. It's usually the only jobs I'll take for newborn photography. If someone's just cold calling me, I want you to shoot my newborn, I say no. And I send them to, to this girl, Amber. She's mm. a great newborn photographer. But I have clients who I've shot their weddings, I've shot their family stuff, I've shot their maternity stuff, and then they have a baby and they want me to shoot the newborn stuff. And to me, I love these families, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, how could I say no? Like, I, I want to be a part of that. So mm-hmm. those are the only people I'll say yes to for newborns. Uh, how do, uh, uh, now people want to find you just to take photographs for money, how do they find yeah, you? I'm easy to find. My website's just my name, catpalmer.com, cat with a C. And then I'm on Facebook, but it's not for the faint of heart, my Facebook page. Like, I'm a very pro-breastfeeding person. I'm free the nipple girl. I am very adamant about the th- and passionate about the things I care about. And so, and it's, it's apparent on my page, and it's usually around the female body. Um, and so, as long as they don't have a faint heart they should come and well, why would follow you, me <laughs> well, i don't know why you would have a faint heart about freeing the nipple you'd be surprised i get reported I've, in the last two days i've been reported 30 times and i, ha- I don't have any nipples on my page <laughs> and i've been reported 30 times reported for what and um, people come on my page and are offended by what they see i push the envelope i mean i don't violate any facebook policies because yeah, facebook won't allow right. bare bosom they won't allow nipples so right. as long as the nipples are covered or I've digitally removed, like I had these painted women, I digitally removed their nipples, mm-hmm. they won't allow vaginas but it, and they won't allow penises, but bare butts are fine. And as long as there's a hand in front of the vagina, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I push the envelope. <laughs> I'll show just about everything um, that's allowed. And mm-hmm. so people find it offensive, though, and they report me a lot. Was it you that posted the, the people out on the salt flats painted in the... 
That was Paul Butler's project, but I was the behind-the-scenes photographer on that, and so many of my images have been reported, but none of them are violating anything. Yeah, those because are so I, cool. I went through and I removed the little vagina crack, and I removed all the nipples <laughs> so that way I could post it. <laughs> and so, Because um, I know that people, they watch my page waiting for me to post stuff so they can report yeah. it. And unfortunately, I have too many followers on there. I don't know who it is. It could be anybody. So um, now people want to... Uh, see your art and and purchase your art mm. how do they do that well certainly the website's fine but um umoka which is um, utah museum of contemporary yeah, art they carry my work they carry my prints also the urban arts gallery in the gateway also carries my prints and some of my work um and then of course just if they see anything they want they can contact me there's certain items that are out of print that i don't do anymore but most anything i can create mm-hmm. um also they can take a walk through the last 20 years of my photography at Judd's Barbershop. So the original Judd's Barbershop is here on like... Mm, yeah, 7th East and 2nd uh-huh. South. Yeah. That's where I go. Okay, so that, that you've, seen, you've seen a lot of my work there. But I did their new location in Sugar House on 2100 South and 2100 East. Um, it's literally a walk through 20 years of my life. And um, from the first photo I ever took until now. Mm. And so I do. so I do their installations there. Mm. And so... I'm friends with Jed and Nicole. They're great. Mm. So. so tell me, um, you said early on in our conversation that you're about empowering women. And, sure. Um, what, talk about that a little bit, and what do you mean by that, and how do you do that, and, and what's, why, you're, why that's important to you? Yeah, and I think feminist gets a bad rap sometimes. People think, oh, she's a man-hater. She's one of those. <laughs> That's not true. And I've started realizing, too, especially in dating men, that men struggle with a lot of things as well. It's just not as widely spoken about. And so I just want to preface what I'm about to say with that. And two more things I want to preface. I have two little boys. And Hmm. I, my best friends are men. So I love men. Um, And I will boycott things that are putting down men, making men seem stupid, that they can't make guacamole because, you know, I, th- I think there was like a commercial out that they put the whole avocado in because they were so dumb they didn't know how to make it. I don't like things like that. Yeah. I, I think that's awful. And I hate it when people say men are pigs because that's not true. There are some men that are pigs. There sure. are some women that are bitches. Mm-hmm. That, but when people use those blanket statements, I don't like that. So I'll speak up for men as well. Anyhow, so I'm prefacing my feminist <laughs> ways that I'm not, I'm not an angry man-hating feminist. Um... Basically, I struggled a long time to love myself. And um, in, in that, I was creating artwork from that. And the artwork I was creating was resonating with a lot of women. A lot of people would leave my exhibits crying because the things that I was portraying really hit home because m- I, my artwork is raw. Like, it's real. It's coming from my heart. Um, and it's also coming from the things I struggle with. And so I did this one art piece um, where I wrote down every single awful thing anyone's ever said to my face about me. And I had it coming out of my ears. And people would take like 40 minutes to read that one piece. And it resonated with them because so often it's usually the, our loved ones, the ones that are closest with us that are saying the most awful, atrocious things saying, do you think he'd be nicer to you if you were thin? Do you think, you know, they they say these things, you know, his new girlfriend looks like a thinner, younger version of you, you know, and these are the things that (laughs) people say to me. Um, And so I think the reason I have focused so much on women is because of my own struggles and because I have seen my grandmother who's in her 70s still doesn't love herself. And I'm thinking, my God, by the time I'm 70, I 
hope I figured this out and love myself by then. And so I, um, um, it's, it's basically just noticing that it's not just a teenage thing. You think like, Oh, teenagers struggle with all of this, but it's not, Mm -hmm. it's, it's everyone. And, um, and so I wanted to do more body positive images and, I did a series where the women had to write in three things they loved about themselves and they were all dressed in white and they ranged from age 13 to 78. And, um, they came from out of state to participate in this. Some of them did. And they had to tell the group what they loved about themselves because I think so often it's easy for us to just, if someone gives you a compliment, you could just tear it down. You don't just say thank you, you know? And if you say anything positive about yourself, you feel like you're bragging. And so people say I have an ego. They think I'm arrogant, but they don't realize all the shit I have overcome to get where I am and feel good about myself. So you better believe I'm going to say thank you. And you better believe that I'm going to talk positively about myself and not tear myself down. And so, but it's just basically kind of giving the permission to other people to do that. Um, We live in a rape culture society where, you know, if the woman's dressed a certain way, she's getting what she deserves. And that's not okay. And so I, so there's there's just a lot of that that I feel like I don't know that I speak up for and it is absolutely ridiculous that women are held to different standards than men as far as what we're allowed to wear what we're not allowed to wear back in the day men were not allowed to expose their nipples it was illegal for men to expose their nipples Mm -hmm. they had to wear full swimsuits on the beach until they put their foot down and rallied about it and so um, anyway so basically that's kind of why And the fact that feminism is considered a bad word is probably why it needs to exist because it's considered a bad thing to speak up. I've had people say some really hateful things to me about being a feminist. And um, I have hairy armpits. What? (laughs) (laughs) And um, my children are disturbed by it. But I want them to get to a point where it's just they realize some women have hair and it's okay. Like, we're not these, like, 10-year-old hairless wonders, you know? Like, it's okay. And so I'm trying to just teach my boys. But I shave my armpits. I know lots of guys that do. And I think it's great. I think... I think I don't particularly care for... Sure. I know lots of I don't have very much anyway, so... Yeah. I might as well just get rid of them. I know know lots of guys that actually... Because since guys have found out that I have hairy armpits, they reach out to me and they show Mm. me their hairless Mm. armpits. Mm. And so... um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of where I'm at. I like, I like strong women um, that are making a difference, and uh, the city is full of them. So. And you try to portray that in your ph- photography? Yeah. Not, uh, I mean, always or? Well, certainly not always because the Last Supper isn't very... That really isn't that? Mm-mm. No. Um, in fact... I had a lady. You know, I can tell you're a strong woman, too, though, because you, uh, uh, you, Mary Nichols, and uh, uh, Holly Mullen are the only, I think, three people I've ever had on this podcast, which is called the Let's Go Eat Show, who have not been afraid to actually eat and talk. Oh, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean men and or women. People, it's called the Let's Go Eat Show, and they're and they're afraid to eat. Mm. It's called the Let's Go Eat Show, and they're and people they're afraid to eat. They won't eat. I'm literally one of the most real people out there, and I try to portray that image of not being afraid to talk about masturbation, not being afraid to talk about. Wait wait, wait a minute, we we can't talk about that. Not being afraid (laughs) to talk about. um, I stink sometimes, and not being afraid to talk about just. I'm real. I'm a real human being, and. 
not shying away from being a real human being is also, I guess, my public persona, my image that I'm trying to portray to make people feel like it's okay. <laughs> like, it's okay to be real. <laughs> you don't, you know, we're not these fake Barbies, you know. It's really hard, though. And it's hard for men, too. I mean. No, it is. And I, after dating, because I, I, I only started. I'm so image self-conscious. I mean, I really am. Yeah, a lot of guys are. Very. A lot of guys are. Um, there's a lot of pressures put on men. And that, you know, I, I didn't start dating until I was 34. And so there was a lot that I was clueless to about men. And so there needs to be an empowerment for men as well. <laughs> I'm just not ready to take it on quite yet. <laughs> Come on. Help <laughs> so, me. Help me, Cat Palmer. Help me. <laughs> but that is the biggest thing is I do try to get guys just to feel good about themselves and not, you know, no body shaming, no sex shaming, no, like, just being okay with who you are. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. I know you've got to go. No, I'm okay for 40 more minutes. I was looking at the time. I'm just trying to... I'm, I'm, I wonder where we need to go with this conversation. We've covered your art. Mm-hmm. Um, what... Uh, I, yeah, I know what I need to ask you. What, what, do you, what is next? What do you... <laughs> and where do you want to go? Do you know? Yeah. I am a mapper and a planner. <laughs> you are. I am. I I tend to be internationally known for what I do, and I'm just those are just my baby steps. So how are you going to do that? Well, some of the projects I have, I can't speak about. Quite Being yet. on this podcast, of course, will help <laughs> immensely. Um, sure. I have a group that's wanting to take me out to Paris um, to shoot out there for because I I volunteer my work every year for the clean air work for that's happening in Utah. And because I'm known for my gas masks and whatnot. Anyway, so they wanted me to go out there and shoot. And then, so there's some things I'm wanting to do while I'm there. That's a pretty great gig. Yes. That's a good gig if you can get it. Going yes. to Paris, yeah. yeah. To shoot, yeah. And it's a lovely place. Yeah. I have, um, I have shoots that I want to do, but I kind of need to wait for this Last Supper thing to die down a little bit first because they are really controversial. And so I don't want my controversial, rowdy ways to get too mixed up because I have people that I need to protect that were involved with The Last Supper. So I need to keep that clean and fine and not get things muddled up with other things I'm wanting to attack and do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to let the whole buzz of that die down before I attack these other things that I'm wanting to do because they are the most controversial things I've done yet. <laughs> um, but also very, and I'm not just doing it just to ruffle feathers because I do love ruffling feathers. I like getting people to talk. I like art that even the people that hate my art, I love the people that hate my art because they're talking about it. And when you hate something and it evokes that emotion in you, that's a good thing because <laughs> you have to ask yourself, why do I not like this? What about this don't I like? And mm-hmm. I think you learn more about yourself because if my work was boring and, ent- and and interesting, people would not talk about it. So I'm thankful in any capacity people are talking about it. Yeah, they talk about that in radio a lot. I mean, even if you get angry callers who disagree with some subject you're talking about, mm-hmm. that's way better than nobody calling in at exactly. all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but the people, the people that love my work, there's only so much dialogue that can really happen there. You know, like, oh my gosh, I think your work is great. Thank you so much for saying that. That's kind of the end of the conversation. Yeah. People that don't like it, that opens up a whole conversation of dialogue to talk about why don't you like it? Let's talk about that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and not only that, but some people think that only art should exist that they like, which is just bizarre to me. And so trying to just get to talk to them about that, about art that they like. And some people are really into Thomas Kincaid's and that's okay. 
I'm judging no, it them. Isn't. I'm totally judging them. No, it's not. Okay. But <laughs> but those people, the people that are into Thomas Kincaid's, they certainly are not going to like my work, and that is super okay. <laughs> so I, uh, <laughs> I have a picture of me standing on the street in Park City with Thomas Kincaid. Oh wow! Uh, we ran into him, and uh, he was uh, kind of bizarre. Really? Yeah, it was. Uh, he died not long after. Yeah, it was um, recent. Like yeah. In the last couple of years. Yeah, I think it was about eight months before he died. And he was working on some project that... Anyway, he, he was a bizarre fellow. Really? Like socially awkward bizarre? No, but he just had... He had just... I think he just had... He had gotten some ideas that were just, he was starting to get out there, you know, kind of oh. kind of like he'd gone off the deep end a little oh, bit. Wow. He was working on some weird, it was a TV project or a movie project. Hmm. That, that's why he was at Sundance. It was up at Sundance. Okay. Anyway. Um, now that might be art I'd like to see if he was going off the deep end and being bizarre. That might be something I want to cool. see. Although I always wanted that Thomas Kincaid. I did. I've always wanted one of those. Maybe I'll get one this year. If they're still advertising them, they uh, it's like in Parade magazine, and uh, there's this uh, Christmas tree thing that has a uh, a train that go. Have you seen that? You know what I'm talking Mm-mm. about? Uh, I'll send a picture of it to you if they if they Please advertise do. it again this year. It's a Thomas Kincaid Christmas tree, and it's like this ceramic Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and it has a, a a locomotive that goes. I love through it, and I mean it. It, it runs, I think, oh, through cool. the Christmas tree. Somehow, I don't know. I love trains. I've always imagined uh, one day I want a train room, and I want like a train that goes throughout the whole house. But I'm. I'm oh, a, yeah. I have an old man living inside of me, but I want <laughs> I want a train room so that bad. must be uncomfortable sometimes. I don't know. It's confusing sometimes. Let me tell you what. <laughs> um, did you read um, when you... Um, um, yeah, there it is. That's it. Can you make that a little bigger? Show her that. That's, that the, the train actually runs ar- like around and on top of the... Oh, that's so... My boys would love this. Yeah. That's so fun. I don't know how much it is. It's probably... Probably three thousand dollars. No, I think it's like it's like no, because they advertise it in Parade magazine. That that old person's yeah. thing. One hundred and forty nine ninety nine. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I could, could afford that. Could Ooh, the train though. moves. Yeah. yeah. There's a video of it. I'm yeah. going to watch this video. Yeah. <laughs> See if I can figure out what is so exciting about this. Train See if you can train. figure out a way to post that on our website, Dylan. Uh, so Take you uh, back to a simpler time, Dad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, did you read the, uh, speaking of all of that, did you read the comments uh, of the Last Supper on the Salt Lake Tribune website? Oh, yeah. As uh, I read through them, uh, there were about, when I read it, there were about 120 comments or something The more like interesting that. ones are on Facebook, by the way, but keep going. Are there? They posted, uh, I think, link on their Facebook page. I should read those, too, because the ones I just read on the Tribune's website... Almost none of them talked about the piece itself. Right. They talked about what Jesus should look like. Right. <laughs> Which is so funny because I'm like, guess what? Even if he was Asian, like even Greg's not Asian, but even if the guy portraying him was, it's my rendition of it. Like, who the fuck is? Yeah. You mean Middle Eastern, not right. Asian. No, no, no. Somebody thought Greg was Asian. Oh, he thought he was. They yeah, thought that's that, right. They thought yeah. that Greg was Asian. And I was yeah. just like, it's so funny because he's Latin, but whatever. Yeah. And he, so. He didn't look Asian. Or they thought mean. he was white. He was too white. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he's olive skin tone. But I mean, that's all they talk about was, you know, and then they, 
I, you know, I almost never read comment sections on things. Yeah, me neither. Because because there's people are just stupid. They, uh, oh, it's wild. Now go to the Facebook page. That's where it's super fascinating. Um, there was a lot of talk. Most people I ignored. Um, there was only two people that negatively commented that I replied to. Everyone else, I was just getting a kick out of it. Um, and then, of course, the positive ones. I was like, thank you, thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. Thank so you thank the you, Salt Lake Tribune you. Facebook mm-hmm, page? The Salt Lake Tribune Facebook page. Um, yeah, you should go and read that one. That the, the one lady, she was a feminist lady talking about how it wasn't edgy enough and that it needed to have an all-female cast to be edgy. And then you take that picture. Oh, that's know. what I said. I said, oh, certainly. You? If you think you can do better, by all means, do, do it. That. Good. Yeah. Absolutely do it. I said, and second of all, if you don't think a gay Jesus, a gay senator, and uh, a drag queen, and a um, yeah. and a cross-dresser are edgy enough for you, and a Last <laughs> Supper shoot, like, I don't know what is edgy for you, lady. <laughs> like, because that's, that's a pretty fucking edgy <sighs> shoot. And then I also told her, P.S., you know, that I was the, the rowdy feminist uh, artist that's been empowering women for 10 years. So I found that this particular comment was very funny. And other fans of mine jumped on there and they were like, you really need to do your research, lady. Like, if you have any clue, like, who, like who this is that you're talking to, like, that's all she does is empower women. <laughs> and so, mm. um, so yeah. I thought it was funny. And then another person said it was just, you know, unoriginal and it's been done hundreds of times. And I said, oh, please tell me. Show me. Please show me what other artist has gathered. 12 badasses of Salt Lake in one room to create the Last Supper. Like, it hasn't been done. No. The, the recreation of Last Supper has been done thousands of times. Thousands sure. and thousands of times. So I don't think anyone has ever celebrated the badasses of Salt Lake. I don't think that's ever been done. I don't think so. In either. any capacity. Not just the Last Supper. Well, thanks for inviting me. Um, I'm glad you accepted, even though you don't know why you accepted. <laughs> I'm glad you accepted. I just I thought it, <laughs> it just, it, I guess it felt right. Uh, it was, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. And uh, to get to know you. And perhaps we'll do stuff yes. together again. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to reapply my lipstick when we're all done. Uh, and I'll put on some lipstick next time, too. Will you? Yeah. I have... This is this is my signature red here. What's it's it? Viva, Viva Glam by MAC. That's my signature red. Viva what? Glam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should do a... Uh, maybe we should do a whole series of... Now everybody who was in that picture should do their feminine and or masculine oh, side. That'd be so great. You know what I mean? Let's do it. I'll come in and do makeup on people. Yeah, I'd let's pay money it. to see that. Let's do it. That'd be you cool. Should, you should, uh, you know, here, now here's Bill Allred and, and now here's Bill Allred's feminine side. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what you would do with Paul Duane because he always exhibits both. Right. Sure. Or, but he doesn't wear makeup, so. Yeah. I think that would be fun. But people uh, like Jay, it would be interesting to see what Jay. I bet Jay's a pretty little girl. He would do it too. I bet he's, oh, well, he but he, you couldn't let him do it comically. Like mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure he's dressed up in women's clothes a hundred right. times to be funny, but he couldn't do it. You know, right. he'd have to. Would be have interesting. To find wouldn't it? His, I mean, yeah. interesting to do it seriously. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And, I, l- and, I love this idea. And to have, and to have, uh, I mean, to have the person like me say, to say seriously, no, no, I don't think that's no. No, oh, there, there. That's how I look. Yeah, there. That's me. I got my best friend liquored up really good one night we were in Wyoming, uh. and he's a very proper British man, always in suits. He's very, very proper, very dapper. And uh, but we were in Wyoming, and there was like nothing to do, so I talked him into letting me do his makeup. Mm. He looked so good as a woman. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I just I think people like it accentuates different features that you've never had accentuated, right? Your eyes, your 
Yeah, lips. The one time I did, I did years ago. I went full drag for Halloween as a as kind of a joke, and I nice. and I borrowed a bunch of my mother's stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I don't know how I I don't I don't know if I did my own makeup. I might have because I was in the theater. I think I mm. I did, but then when I saw the photos that yep. people had taken. At the Halloween party, I looked at it and I went, oh, no. Mm-hmm. I look exactly like my mother. Oh, my gosh. And it, and I just, it was just like, awesome. oh, no, that's disturbing. Oh, I don't no, like that's that. That's wonderful. So I don't, I don't, I did, they're, they're, I, those pictures are around somewhere still. They're old, really old now, I think you should now put those on your podcast website for everybody to see. I should, yeah. I should find them. They're around somewhere. Well, and the first time I ever saw you in a play, you were in full... You were in full drag. So I didn't know you oh, had a yeah. theater background. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You were in. You were. You played um, Enid Green. Enid Green in Saturday's in Saturday's Voyeur. Voyeur, and uh, Nana took me. She said, now, "I'm not going to tell you who your dad is in this. When he comes he out, you tell boy. me." I was like six years old. Your Nana sounds cool. She was cool, uh, and I. It took me a minute because he came out and he was doing this dance, like striptease dance. And As a pregnant woman. A little um, bit scarred for life after that. Yeah. That was also awesome. Yeah. Uh, Kat Palmer, thanks yes, a lot for being with us. Thank you for having me. She's putting on makeup now. She's, she's ready little, to go. Lipstick and putting on her makeup. It's, it's, it's interesting how I watching you put on uh, the, the powder. Is that powder? What do you yeah. call that? Yeah, it's MAC Just, uh, just powder? Fix. Just powder? Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting how it changes the way you look. Well, I'm not shiny anymore. Yeah, it's nice. It looks... I should do that. Yeah. See, look at that. Look at that. No longer shiny. I need to do more of that. Yeah. I I, I like makeup. Yeah. People give people give me shit because I have fake eyelashes and I like makeup, but and because I'm a feminist. Yeah, not much of a feminist if you're wearing all that makeup. Right. Like you have to like be plain to be a feminist or something. I don't know. Uh, pleasure to meet you. Thanks for uh, thank uh, having us here. And we want to thank the people here at Zest. Oh, yeah. Uh, Casey Staker, thank you so much uh, for having us here at Zest. We had delicious food, the tomato soup, the great uh, um, uh, grilled cheese sandwiches with peaches and pesto. Oh, my nom, God. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, and uh, the Brussels sprouts and the beet juice. And, uh, I love uh, this place. Let me make sure I got the, uh, the address right here at Zest. Make sure you come to Zest. It is 275 South, 2nd West. Um, it's a great place. Uh, and if especially part of the reason you picked this place, because you said to me on the phone, yeah. you're gluten-free. This place is 100% gluten-free. So I love it because I can order anything on the menu. Mm-hmm. I, th- I have no limitations here. So mm-hmm. I and, and I just I really love vegetables a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I, said, I suggested one place, and she said, oh, well, that would be okay, but they only have one thing on the menu that's gluten-free. Yeah, they have hummus and, and vegetables. And that's she, it. she knows the she sure. knows. I lot. go there a lot. Yeah. Well, because it's right by Chris's mm-hmm. house, and so he and I are mm-hmm. – we were there a lot, mm-hmm. so – I only, oh no, they only have one thing on the menu. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I eat out a lot. Cat <laughs> uh, Palmer, thanks so much. Uh, find her stuff, catpalmer.com. Thank you. And uh, look for Cat Palmer on Facebook, and uh, then she, you know, you'll find her. Okay. Uh, All right. Easy to find. That's it for the Let's Go Eat Show. Thanks, Dylan, for producing the show. Thank you uh, uh, again to Zest for having us. I'm Bill Allred. Uh, remember, if you're pouring the drinks, always make mine a double. <laughs>